Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? It's going okay. It's been a heavy week, Amy. Got to admit. It really has. It has just all the way around uh, with the events that happened in Buffalo last Saturday and then in California. I think it was Laguna Beach on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, lots of tough stuff in the news. And then, you know, we've got a big a big weekend coming up uh, in Southern Baptist life that we've been waiting, you know, since last yeah. June for so a, a lot you know we we talked about this before that we often will open this uh show in kind of a silly way actually let me back up you Wait, will often feel, open this I show in a silly now. way and uh and it just didn't feel that way this week you know yeah no silliness this week so uh, all business yeah promise so okay anyway you know, you know where we'll be doing business this summer where in anaheim this June, thousands of Southern Baptists will gather in Anaheim for the SBC annual meeting, and Southwestern Seminary wants to see you there. Tickets are on sale now for Southwestern Seminary's SBC Alumni and Friends Luncheon, which will take place on Wednesday, June 15th at 12 p.m. or at the conclusion of the Wednesday morning session. Make plans to reconnect with fellow alumni and catch up with Southwestern faculty. You can purchase your tickets at swbts.edu slash sbc22. That's swbts.edu slash SBC 22 crossed the threshold this week in our registration, Amy. You yeah, saw that. Yeah, past 6,000. Yep, 6,000 pre-registered messengers and then some continues to grow. We've got about three or four weeks, about three three weeks from now, we'll be out there in California. Everybody be rolling in. So uh, really exciting to, to get that close to that right now. So um, a lot to do still, but uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of people in Southern California, especially at the Southwestern Luncheon. That we just mentioned here. Okay, not SBC annual meeting, big meeting related, Amy, but another big meeting that is coming back. In 2024, NAM is bringing back the SIN conference. Yeah, there you go. So it's going to be coming back to Nashville. Woo. It's going to be in 2024, 2027, and 2030. So kind of that's a that's a big deal. Makes me think back to when it was there at the Bridgestone Arena years ago. Yes, 2015, in which I, I would call a hinge point in the SBC over the last decade for a lot of reasons. Yeah, so I think so. There's several reasons. That's a different podcast, but still, right? But yeah. still, a lot. It was a big. I it think, was incredible I think that event. Yeah, I think that event was a big hinge point, and. Uh, and I remember I was there, you were there, uh, lots of stuff going on and uh, really exciting energy in the room as folks came. So I, I'm hoping we'll see the same thing. Yes, I can't wait. And Nashville is just a great place to host this kind of thing. And Bridgestone Arena is one of my favorites, especially Section 118, Row J, seats 15 and 16. Um, That's that, that's where you go for hockey. That's okay. my hockey season tickets, yeah. I, I That's... Bridge, my favorite Bridgestone, other than the Send Conference, was the James Taylor Carroll King concert. Oh, well, you know yeah. who I saw at Bridgestone back in, yes, yeah, about ten yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. one Taylor and only. Swift. That's right. Yes. So yeah, Kevin Ezell will not have Taylor Swift at the Send Conference. I guess it's probably possible. and probably There'd not James a lot Taylor. Of, a lot of things to happen between now and then for either one right. of those to show up at the Send Conference, but it's going to be incredible. Uh, everything NAM does is always first class, and I expect the SIN conference in 2024, 27, and 2030 
to be no different. So exciting times there. Amy, also exciting is our IMB just appointed 56 new missionaries. We'll get to commission them in just a few weeks in Anaheim. Yeah, that's really exciting. So the IMB trustee meeting uh, just happened in Orlando this week. My friend Lori Francis, who is a, a a trustee there, she was texting me pictures and and things where she was, you know, catching up with with mutual friends that are are also on the board and keeping me posted on what all was going on. It sounded like a really really exciting time, but you know, normally they'll have like a sending celebration. Yeah. In conjunction with the meeting, but this is where the new missionaries approved for appointment. Um, they are going to be part of the sending celebration on Tuesday morning at the annual meeting in Anaheim. That's right. And some other news from the IMB trustee meeting this past week, just some updates from Paul Chitwood, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and cooperative program funding. So their big two sources of revenue are running 14% above where they were last year at this point. So that's fantastic news. The missionary candidate pipeline has quadrupled in the past three years and stands at nearly 1,000 potential future missionaries, which is really, really exciting. And they also released the new 2021 annual statistical report. So uh, that is out now. We'll have to get the story out on that soon as well. Also, they have fully funded their commitment to the emeritus missionaries, uh, to emeritus missionaries benefits with, get this, $128 million for the benefits for. That's a that's lot. A, that's a lot of emeritus missionaries, though. So got a yes, lot of folks absolutely. to, to help folks out. That's their, out there. kind of their, their pension, so to speak. It's, I'm using that word in air quotes. It's not a pension, but you get the points. Um, and then also, uh, they have announced that they have received more than $10.9 million to date toward Ukrainian relief efforts. That probably is over $11 million now since the story came out earlier in the week. Right, so, right. Because they were just a few thousand dollars short of $11 million. So just an incredible report from Paul Chitwood at the IMB trustee meeting this past week. Very cool. They also uh, re-elected their officers that uh, had had already been elected last year. So they've been elected to serve another term. So that is Chuck Porshu of Louisiana. I don't know. Porsche the chair. Porsche. Chuck Porsche of Louisiana will continue as chair. Lisa Lovell of Arkansas as first vice chair. Nate Bishop of Kentucky as second vice chair. And Carol Pfeiffer of Texas as recording secretary. Great news from our IMB trustee meeting this week. And again, one of the highlights of every SBC annual meeting is that commissioning ceremony. And as you mentioned, Tuesday morning this year. So it's kind of moved around on the schedule the last few years, but Tuesday morning this year in Anaheim. Amy, we have an update from Liberty in the lawsuit that 12 women brought against the institution last summer, alleging that they had mishandled cases of sexual assault and harassment. Yes. So a settlement has been reached and a notice of dismissal was filed on Wednesday by the plaintiff's attorney. Uh, it had been reached with all the plaintiffs and all but two additional women that uh, Jack Larkin, the attorney, represented. They did not disclose, Liberty did not disclose terms of the agreement, but outlined some changes that they have have undertaken uh, in recent times to deal with this. They are working, they've done a lot of campus security upgrades. They are working on sexual assault response programs. 
revising an amnesty policy to better communicate how they handle reports. Um, so they they put a statement out uh, in that there are other lawsuits that are facing that that have similar allegations still in play. Um, we also know that the U.S. Department of Education is reviewing Liberty's compliance with the Clery Act. Uh, which requires universities to maintain and disclose crime statistics and security information. So there's certainly a lot of uh, things that are still still going on in this, but for this particular lawsuit, uh, that has kind of reached its end. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for the other two uh, that they've got still outstanding. So uh, some other news, Amy, over in Texas, the SBTC presented a gift to the ERLC this past week, that's a lot of uh, initials in there, of $228,000 for the Psalm 139 project, which helps place ultrasound machines in pregnancy resource centers. This will help place six ultrasound machines across the great state of Texas. That's incredible. So that brings 36 ultrasound machines that are either placed or committed um, by the ERLC in these uh, pregnancy centers. And what they do is they provide the technology and then they train the staff members how to use them. So the donation covers placement of the machines and staff training. The ERLC has set a goal of 50 placements between December 2020 and January 2023. So they're well on their way. Um, and uh, the knowing that January 2023 will be the 50th anniversary of the Roe v. Wade decision uh, by the Supreme Court. So really I think exciting. Roe may beat them to the uh, the goal, though. The, the Roe may go away before they get to the 50. That's the uh, thing. It, the 50th anniversary is still going to be there, obviously, because it happened. Oh, absolutely. And but, and here's the thing. That's Here's why it matters. The 50th anniversary of the decision itself is because, as we've talked about, if Roe is overturned, that doesn't mean that everything changes. I mean, it, it varies state by state. And so um, knowing kind of what comes next is, is still an important conversation. And so I think even recognizing the 50th anniversary and seeing yeah. where we are, where we have gotten in 50 years under row and demonstrating how important things like the Psalm 139 project are and will continue to be. Absolutely. And, and I would say this, if Roe goes away, these ultrasound placements become even more important. The availability of abortions will decrease if that is the case. So that's right. There will Across be more more need for our crisis pregnancy center. So even more need for these ultrasounds. All right. So Sanford University sees that two hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars from the SBTC and laughs, Amy, because they got a hundred million dollars. That's from pretty the estate incredible. Of Marvin Mann. Yeah, the largest single donor gift ever received by an institution of higher education in Alabama. That was a pretty good day for uh, President Beck Taylor, I yeah, guess. Not bad. He's just he's kind of brand new on the job. So this is a nice little win in his uh, first years. So. Yeah. So it's wow. primarily it's primarily for scholarships. Um, Which if so you're going to Sanford, you're going to need one of those. So Marvin Mann had already established the Francis Marlin Mann Center for Ethics and Leadership in 2008. 
And so it's an academic, so it's a center that facilitates the understanding of Christian character, servant leadership, and moral integrity. It was named after his wife. $5 million uh, from that will go to the existing endowment for that center. The remaining $95 million will be for undergraduate and graduate endowed scholarships. They think it will benefit more than 100 students every year. Now, does Marvin Mann have a connection to any of our Southern Baptist seminaries? I mean, did he ever like think about going to Wake Forest? I don't know. I don't know. Wow. But it looks like Sanford had his heart. So they did. And his pocketbook, too. Yes. All right. Well, congratulations to them on that. Congratulations to Beck Taylor on a historic gift. A hundred million dollars. All right. Speaking of higher education, Amy, this is the season for graduations, not just at our seminaries, but for you and I, both of our oldest children are graduating from high school in the coming weeks. That's right. That's crazy. But anyway, we'll start in New Orleans with some seminary graduations and President Jamie Dew. New Orleans had 24 doctoral degrees, 106 master's degrees, and 94 level college degrees that were conferred. So a really exciting time, a great group of people that I love that photo that goes with this story. We'll have the link in the show notes with, uh, with, with the, his British Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat. Yeah. With regalia. his British uh, regalia there or university of Birmingham. I should have remembered Not the one in what Alabama. That, right. I should have remembered that because I've gotten a few pieces of mail from them here at my house. Oh yeah, they didn't get didn't get the forwarding address. Um, so anyway, I love that that photo. But they it looks like they had a great day, and he he uh, he encouraged them to consider the question: What is essential for you now? So a lot to inspire those graduates. So really exciting time in New Orleans. Is Jamie Dew a member of the Peaky Blinders? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. If he was, he probably couldn't tell us. All right, up to Louisville, where Southern had their typical spring outdoor graduation. It's just so picturesque. It really is. Oh, my goodness. We didn't, it wasn't like that when we were there. It was still, uh, Keith graduated in the spring, but it was still in the chapel uh, during that time. I need to go to a spring graduation there. Yeah, so they had uh, 347 students receive degrees for the spring semester, 262 actually were there. Uh, Dr. Mueller said it was the warmest ceremony during his presidential tenure. Okay, maybe, well, I I bet those, maybe I shouldn't go. Yeah, and I bet those... Uh, I'm sure he had on shorts underneath the uh, stole. Yeah, well, sure. I bet those robes were were hot and yeah. the stuff. But he honored the graduates and uh, had, it looks like, a great great address that was given to them coming from Jeremiah 23, 23 through 29. And just looks like it was a great day there. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned 347 seminary students when you tossed in Boyce College, 526 degrees. That's that's the number of degrees conferred, not how hot it was there. That's that's quite a bit. Yes. That's a lot. And then at Southeastern, where we were you in attendance? Um, I was, I was not, I oh. actually was, I was nearby, but I had some stuff I had to take care of here at home. So I was just up the hill. I see Keith but in they, the picture. Yeah, the but they did have, yes, there he is, but they did have 319 college and seminary students representing more than 30 states and 20 countries. Um, so one thing that we should put a link in the show notes to is a, a professor at 
Southeastern Ross Inman. He also has a European degrees of a philosophy professor and his, uh, his regalia has, it bears a striking resemblance to Iron Man. The colors. Is that the one on the right over there? Uh, let me see if that's him. The one that looks like Cardinal Richelieu? That's actually not him. Okay. Um, but, uh, but, but Dr. Inman does, uh, this is the first time I've ever seen that he put it on Twitter, but he does a video for his kids every time there's, every time he puts his regalia on and he does an Iron Man kind of impression. It looks like Iron Man? Yeah. He posted it on Twitter. I'll, I'll send it to you and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. So it's just, it's like the red and yellow, you know, kind of thing. So who's uh, that anyway, on the end over there? That's Joshua Wagner. Oh, okay. Cardinal Richelieu. Some of you so, will get that reference. Many of you will not. All right. Yeah. So anyway, great day and graduates encourage that every square into the universe belongs to King Jesus. As always, Dr. Aiken concluded his address with a gospel presentation, which is one of the one of the great moments there for a lot of people because of just yeah. their you know family you know members that crowd. are there that's right. yeah that's right that's right all right so okay amy maybe your favorite story this week cuz we're going north of the border we're talking about canada and the canadian baptist convention has a new national ministry leader and it is jeff christopherson not amy whitfield yes right I'm sorry. um but that's that's okay. I keep trying to get up there because I love it up there. Maybe so much, he needs a secretary. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, he he maybe needs a communications director. There you go. That too. So he's the new national ministry leader, executive director. I love. I mean, the Canadian National Baptist Convention is located. Their offices are located right uh, in the same on the same campus with the Canadian uh, with the seminary up there yeah. and. I love it up there. I keep trying to get Keith out here. They've got RV hookups. Like we could, you know, take it, take it up there and go hang out. Um, but it is beautiful. Great view of the Canadian Rockies in the distance and great things that happen on the campus of that seminary, as well as the work that the Canadian National Baptist Convention does. You know, it's pretty incredible. The, just the sheer landmass of Canada and how far so many of their churches are from one another. It's an, it, it's, it's a major work that that convention um, has to do. So yeah. congratulations to Jeff Christofferson. Many of you know Jeff because of his time at NAM. He's written a few books with B&H, I believe as well. And uh, been a very familiar face in Southern Baptist life here south of the border, uh, but headed up to Canada just a few years ago was running the NAM uh, work up in Canada and has joined up with the Canadian National Baptist Convention. So congrats to Jeff on that. And Amy, some final news here. Another co-worker of mine, a new co-worker of mine, Twyla Roberts, will join the EC as the interim CFO in July after a Bill Towns heads out. Uh, he had a four-month engagement that ends at the end of June. So Twyla is going to jump in here in July and take over kind of on an ongoing basis uh, as the new interim CFO, she comes to the EC uh, with some vast nonprofit experience and will um, help us out on the accounting and CFO side, the financial side of the executive committee. So congrats That's to Twyla. Congrats to Twyla. Looking forward to uh, to being with her soon here in Nashville. All right, Amy, that's going to do it for our news this week. Bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1958. This is always the week when I like to go to some of those uh, earlier, you know, or, or I guess 
beyond 50 years ago times because this was around the week that they were actually having the annual meeting. And in 1958, on May 20th, it was published in Baptist Press, a telegram that was to the Honorable Brooks Hayes, member of Congress and president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Brooks Hayes was infamous layman who served as president of the SBC. Infamous and was also, or famous? I don't know. I don't know if I'm using the word right. Anyway, Brooks Hayes, layman, okay. member of Congress, president of the SBC. What did he do SBC. to make him infamous? I don't know. He was a layman, which is not normal for president of the SBC. Carry on. Please give my greetings to the delegates and guests attending the annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention. This great congregation, inspired by a long tradition of faith and good work, represents a most constructive force in the life of our people. Coming together from all parts of the nation, you will be strengthened to advance the peaceful objectives of the church, both at home and abroad. Best wishes for a splendid meeting. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Wow. So. I like I little, te- little telegram from the president of the United States this week in SBC history, 1958. I want to point out a better piece in what you just sent that okay. we need. We need to bring this back, by the way. We need to open up the annual meeting with a with, pageant with the Baptist Jubilee advance drama. Yeah, that's also in there. I, I felt like the telegram was kind of a big deal, but there is a script at the beginning of this issue of Baptist Press for a, a drama that was performed, I think, at the annual meeting. So, yeah. It's uh, it's something. Yeah, they they talk about Lottie Moon and they uh, have a they have a song and it's, you know, it's it's a pretty it's pretty interesting. It talks about there's organ fanfare, um, torch bearers. There's all kinds of stuff in this. Jesus loves me, sung in Chinese by children. Right. So yes, people should go and read that too. You can read the script of the sort of pageant that was done at the beginning, uh, written by Mrs. Ned King and adapted by Cecil McGee. So it's kind of a fun issue, and it talks a little bit about pieces that go with it like addresses maybe from the SBC annual meeting speeches it's got that telegram it's got recommendations from the executive committee um, about cooperative program promotion there's another telegram from uh, Sam Rayburn speaker of the house that was sent to Porter Ruth so lots of it's kind of a resource packet that was given out to people uh, to the press. There's also a memo to the press that talks about um, our Southern hospitality that will prevail through all the sessions. You will find typewriters, telephones, and other press accommodations to help you report the convention as accurately and as fully as the high standards of your paper desires. We hope Everything we do will give you a sense of our sincerity as we attempt to serve this largest annual gathering of any religious denomination in America. So, yeah, very big. John Wilkie needs to look at this. There's all kinds of things. The accommodations that they'll have, headsets, paper, pencils, refreshments, all those things. I'm just trying to get over the uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda as Southern Baptist over here. So, Right, right. Yeah, you're still 
I'm still, still interested that. in that. Yeah. Yep. I'm stuck. Anyway. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, hey, that's a good find right there. All right. Okay. That's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Actually, only one resource this week because only one resource really matters come Sunday. Yeah. So we wanted to put this out as uh, instead of just, you know, books or whatever. I think everyone, especially as I like to say, if you're someone who listened to a podcast about the SBC, you certainly know what is going on. So the sexual abuse task force did receive the report from guidepost solutions that was called for in the motion last summer, uh, the independent third party investigation into the executive committee. Um, and that the, they received it last week because it was supposed to be 30 days before the annual meeting. And then the task force has seven days to look at it, review it, do whatever they need with it, and then uh, would release it to the public in full. So that will be Sunday afternoon. And I think the plan is 4 p.m. Eastern. That's correct. So, yeah. So I believe they did that uh, just so that because of our West Coast, you know, folks yeah. that get them, you know, they can be out of worship services and, and things. So that will be dropping on Sunday. Um, we just want to encourage everyone um the Houston Chronicle did a, a preview of it and mentioned that it's some 300 pages. That's a lot, uh, but we still encourage everyone to read it. And uh, I'll be reading it in full when it drops. And, you know, it may take, it, it, it could take a little bit to take it all in, to process it. Um, but we think that it's important because, uh, because the messengers called for it last year. This is the result of that. And we also think it's important to take in and to know, to know the results of that. Um, and then to think about what actions we need to take from it. So yeah. we've got a, got a lot of important things to do in Anaheim. I really, uh, I, I assume that will be the major thing that's on everyone's mind. And so the best thing that we can do is to educate ourselves. And the, we have to do that by reading every word. Yeah, obviously the days ahead are, are not, days for hot takes, but are days for lamenting and listening and preparing our hearts to, to respond well. Yeah. And I think something that needs to be remembered is, you know, they were tasked with looking into all of these things. Were sex abuse claims handled appropriately or not? Were some of the allegations of intimidation or intimidation or resistance to reform initiatives is that accurate? They're supposed, you know, that that's what they were tasked with putting out there. We do know already, even before, we know that there were victims that came forward, that there are survivors out there, that there were people who sought uh, assistance in some way. And we, when we look at something that's 300 pages and we think, oh my goodness, that's massive, we honor those survivors by taking the time to read this. And by taking the time to process it and to think about it and to respond with thought, with care, I think uh, we have to, you know, we have to just remember we can get our, our discourse can get super political and we can get very introspective and thinking about, well, what does this mean for this and this and this? Um, I think we owe it to the people who have come forward over the years to just stop and to take this seriously and to listen. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Amy. 
So on that note, um, you know, the report comes out, like you mentioned, at 4 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. That'll be available over at the Sex Abuse Task Force website. That is sataskforce.com. And you can uh, probably be able to find it in many of the media outlets. We'll be covering it fully with Baptist Press. Um, a lot of different media. This will be the main story in the world of religion uh, over the next week and leading up to the end yeah. of meeting. So. And, and one thing I, I just want to say one more thing, and I think this is important for you and I to say this. We have to approach this report with humility. I yeah. mean, you and I, it's, it's, we've talked about this leading up. It's strange. We're doing this podcast. We typically are covering and analyzing things in the SBC. Um, that scope covered uh, board members and staff. That includes us. We're, you know, and so we have to read it with humility and all Southern Baptists really have to read it with humility and say, what do we need to do differently? And so just encourage yeah. uh, all of us, you and me as well. Yeah. Typically whenever we have big events like this, you and I'll jump on and we'll do Facebook lives and we'll talk about things like that. Not this time, folks. So, um, yeah, just, uh, we're going to be with us in prayer and lament yeah. and, uh, as we move forward. We're going to need the the five or six days before we record again to really ask, what does this mean? Yeah. So, yep. All right. Well, next week will be a busy one and, um, yep. we will see you next week, Amy. See you next week. <laughs>